Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, August 8, 2021. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Good morning. Good morning to all of you, wherever you may be. Today is a three-in-one day. Today, first of all, is the first Friday of the month of August. Secondly, today is the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord, the fourth mystery of light. And today, of course, is our Bible study period online. Speaking of the Transfiguration, you remember that on that Mount Tabor, Simon Peter, speaking for John and James, said, Lord, how good it is that we are here. And we can exclaim the same. It's good for us to be here at 10 o'clock Friday. Then you remember that when Moses and Elijah left Jesus alone, the Father through the clouds spoke to the three of them, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So that's what we are now trying to do. There is no better time and space for us to listen to Jesus as we read, reflect, and realize every gospel. Remember, when we read a gospel with faith, we are precisely looking at Jesus, listening to him, learning from him, and living by him. And we can do that under different aspects and from different angles. So here we are now. We are still within the ordinary time of the year and cycle B. You must have noticed that for the past three Sundays, we have been reading Gospels according to St. John, not according to St. Mark. And you know why? Because during this time of the year, we are made to read about and understand the fifth mystery of light, the institution by our Lord Jesus Christ of the Holy Eucharist, which he did slowly, step by step, by what he would say and what he would do. You must have observed that since the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, July 25, we read the Gospel according to St. John, how Jesus multiplied the five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. That was his way to show that he has power over bread. The few he can make many. Then immediately after the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves of bread, in the four Gospels, we read how Jesus walked on the water of the Sea of Galilee after the Bethsaida miracle, now another miracle on the Sea of Galilee. 
what was the purpose? It was to show to his disciples then and to us now that he has power over his body. That's why he said to his disciples then, Do not be afraid. It is I. So now we have Jesus showing that he has power over bread and how he has power over his body. Then on the 18th Sunday in ordinary time, last Sunday, we read again the gospel according to John that when uh, the people, especially those 5,000 men who had eaten bread, were looking for Jesus because Jesus from Bethsaida, he went straight to Capernaum. The people, when they found Jesus, said, When did you come here? We have been looking for you. <laughs> and Jesus said, He said, Kamuno, you were looking for me because you have eaten that food. I tell you, you should look for me because there is a food which should you long for, the food that lasts for eternal life. And when they were asking, what is that? The food that endures for eternal life is what the Father wants you to do, which is to believe in the one he has sent, me. So Jesus made it clear that he is to be believed at the Eucharist. Remember, therefore, when Jesus at the Last Supper said, when he took bread and said, take this, all of you, meaning believe in this, and then eat of it. So two things, believe and then eat. It's only this Sunday, the 19th Sunday in ordinary time, when Jesus went on to say, it's not enough for you to believe that it is I. You must eat me. And this is therefore what we are now going to reflect on as we read St. John chapter 6 verses 41 to 51. Okay? So that's made clear, but before that we pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read with faith your word Reflect on it with hope and uh, realize it with love. Following your Son, Jesus Christ, from whom we find freedom, fulfillment, and the future with you forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, as we kindly request Sister Julia Julian to read for us the gospel for next Sunday. We open our Bibles to John 6, 41 to 51. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall, be, they shall all be taught, by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from Him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. 
This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. There you are. Thank you very much, Dilian. Now Jesus is speaking about eating, not just about believing. You see, this institution of the Holy Eucharist was a very hard teaching of Jesus. That's why he had to perform those three miracles. The first at Cana of Galilee by changing water into wine, that he has power over wine. Then by multiplying those five loaves of bread, that he has power over bread. And by walking on this water of the Sea of Galilee, that he has power over his body. Those three miracles answer the question about the Eucharist. Could, could Jesus do it? Did he have the power to do it? And we say yes. He has precisely performed those three miracles to prove that he has the power over bread, over this body, and over wine. Then Jesus, who was always a good teacher, not only performed those miracles, he also made statements like this one. I am the living bread. You must eat me if you want to live. Moses gave you manna to eat, but they died. I tell you, if you eat me, Jesus said, you will never die. So that is what we are now experiencing when we go to Holy Communion. When we go to Holy Communion, we should really be prepared. When on Sundays and days of obligation, we go to church. First, to hear His Word in the Liturgy of the Word, but mainly to receive Him during the Liturgy of the Eucharist. At home, how should we prepare ourselves? We should prepare our attitude that we are indeed going to church, not to the market. That we are going to Mass, not to the mall. So you must have that right attitude and therefore be properly attired. You are not going to dance, you are not going to play, you are going to pray. And so there you are. Attitude, attitude, attire, and attention. That's what you need when you go to church. That's what you have to prepare at home. And since you know that during Mass there will be offering, that offering should already be prepared in an envelope or in a packet. But when you go to church on a Sunday, on a day of obligation, to celebrate Mass, after listening to Jesus in the Gospel of the day, then we make preparations for Holy Communion. When therefore, on our knees, kneeling, when we answer the presider, Lord, I am not worthy to receive Holy Communion under, your, under our roof, but just say the word, and I, my soul shall be healed. Let us say that and mean it. Let us mean what we say and say what we mean. And then when we get up, when we stand up, and line up. Let us be prepared to say Amen. When the priest, therefore, or the lay minister raises the host in front of you and says, The body of Christ, you must be prepared to say, I believe it is you. I believe. Therefore, Amen is your act of faith. But say it first. The minister, therefore, the priest or the Eucharistic minister should not say the body of Christ, the body of Christ. No. First, raise it up so that the communicant has the opportunity to say, yes, I believe. Then that's the time you open your mouth or your hand for 
eat of it. So that should be made clear, huh? Because there are some, I know, some priests and some lay ministers who do not make a distinction between take this all of you, meaning believe it, and eat it. So there you are. Then after eating, partaking of the bread, priest, of course, distributes the host to anyone. And you who have received him, when you go back to your seats, do not look down and be serious as if you have Jesus, only Jesus in you. But I suggest that you look around. You look around and with a smile on your face, invite others to come. This is a banquet. You should invite others to come and partake of the body and blood of Christ. But then we have been taught, we have been taught by our parents that you should be very serious and etc. etc. No, I say no. Because communion is a banquet. It's a kombira. Kombira gani, dili mag-iahig kom-kom, mag-iahig bira. Dili kombira gani is to sao-sao, partake, etc. So that is how it is when we receive Holy Communion. And when the Mass is ended, when the Mass is ended, what does the Gospel according to St. Luke for this Sunday? For cycle C, what does he say? He has recorded by St. Luke that Jesus said at the end of that parable of the faithful and unfaithful servant that much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. That is how we should feel when we have received Holy Communion, the body and blood of Christ. We are entrusted with much and still more. Now, that is a great privilege for us. If you have been singing the, the Panis Angelicus in Latin, the paragraph says, O res mirabilis. Manduca Dominum, Pauper Servos et Humilis, meaning, oh, what a wonderful thing, that the beggar, the servant, and the earthbound has eaten the master. That is a great privilege. But then remember, with every privilege goes a grave responsibility. So there you are, when the Mass is ended, what are the requirements of our charity? What are the demands of our faith? And what are the challenges of our hope? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Since much is required of us, since much is demanded of us, and we are challenged to be good and to do good, when Mass is ended. So this Sunday, coming Sunday, August 8th, the 19th Sunday in ordinary time, we should try to remember that communion is a great privilege for us. And we should be prepared to do that. I know that there are some who may not be ready to receive Holy Communion and dare to do it. That is against what St. Paul has said. If you receive communion, be worthy, not only worthy, be ready for it. So here you are. We are now challenged precisely to how do we view this mystery, the fifth mystery of light, the institution of the Eucharist. How do we prepare ourselves for it? How do we receive it? And what do we do after it? So far, I have seen that much. And I'm sure if you give me your 
questions and your reflections on this Gospel according to John plus the Gospel according to Matthew for cycle A plus the Gospel according to St. Luke for cycle C and we have a very complete picture of Holy Communion. Remember huh? the Church commands us to receive Holy Communion at least once a year. At least we should not forget it is really a must that we receive Holy Communion. The more we receive Him, the better for us because we are what we eat. So that's enough for me. I pause for your questions and reflections. Morning, Monsignor. How good indeed we are here now. My question is what should be our proper attitude as we prepare Mass? As I have said, and this is a very, a very good question that we ask it again and again. At home, we should already be prepared to go to Mass to go to church, not to the mall, not to the market, but to church to pray. And we pray four ways, to worship, to praise, to thank, and to ask. Many of our prayers are petitions, and the Our Father is just a model of how to ask the Father for anything. We must be prepared. So when you are attired properly for Mass, for Communion, that is how it is. The preparations, even at home, should already be complete. You know, before in the provinces, when the church bells are rung, you remember, Ting, 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 mga tawag. We call it tawag. That's reminding us that you get dressed na. You be on a... Then repiki, 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 meaning that's it already. But there are some pag repiki na mo pa pagsugod, pag, pag dress up, dili. Tawag, then repiki. So, but here in the city, we are told, since each one of us also already has... Uh, a wristwatch, then church bells are not needed anymore. But that's precisely why we do not come always on time. Hi, Mons. What are the, what are the demands of our faith, the requirements of our charity, and the challenges of our hope? Uh, this is what I said. When the Mass is ended, remember, you are to live up to the demands of your faith. You are to meet the requirements of your love. And you are to face the challenges of your hope. How? Let me cite some. What are the demands of our faith? We are not demanded to die for our faith, no. We are all called to live up to the demands of our faith. We cannot be San Lorenzo Ruiz or Pedro Calongso. Day to day, we just try to live up to the demands of our faith. What demand? I tell you, St. James in his letter says, Faith, if not accompanied by good works, is dead. And what is dead is cold, not hot, not living. That's why a living faith must be accompanied by good works. And that is what is symbolized by a lighted candle. We have said this many times. In a lighted candle, there is light and there is heat. The light symbolizes our faith 
and the heat symbolizes our good works. So that's one demand of our faith. What are the requirements of our charity? Especially the requirement to love the last and the lost, and especially the enemies, to pray for them, to do good to them in spite of. And what are the challenges of our hope? Well, we say it at Mass. By the help of God's mercy, if we are free from sin and safe from all distress, we await the blessed hope, our Lord, coming for the second time. So we'll await the blessed hope and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there you have some of the challenges, the requirements, and the demands of our faith, hope, and charity. Next. Good morning, Monsignor. May I ask you, Monsignor, what is the proper way of receiving Holy Communion, standing or kneeling, with the <laughs> mouth or the hands? A very good question. But this brings us back to what then Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger has said. Now, Benedict XVI. Cardinal Ratzinger had written a liturgical book entitled God is Near Us. And he says in that book, and I believe him, that originally when churches had no kneelers, no pews, no seats, everybody was standing. So naturally, communion was standing. And he says, it was the practice then that when you stand up to receive communion on the hand. So that was the original practice according to Ratzinger. But then some pious souls suggested, let us naman show some reverence. Let us kneel naman. Let us fall on our knees and don't let us receive it on our hand but straight to our mouth. So there you are. The communion rail was built and then we kneel the communion rail and receive Holy Communion on the mouth. So we were doing that for years but then Another pious soul suggested, why should we be, we be spoon-fed? We are big already. We are not children anymore. We should hungit ourselves. Ano po nang hungitan pata? Di naman tamang bata. So, the communion rail was taken away. And so, we stand up to receive Holy Communion. Okay. On the hand. But then it was found out that there were some gamblers, especially cockfighters, who did not take the entire host, but would break the host into two and leave one for the cock to fight sa sabungan. And so the church says, okay. The policy now is standing. Standing, and you have the liberty to receive Holy Communion on the mouth or on your hand. But the policy in Cebu precisely has always been standing. And you have the freedom to either receive it on your hand or straight on your mouth, as long as you do not open your mouth and your hand together. 
you first say Amen. And then that's the time you open your hands to receive when the Eucharistic minister or the priest says, eat of it. So that's that. There are ways, but the adopted way, the policy now in Cebu is that you may receive Holy Communion on the mouth or in the hand, standing. Next question. Is it a sin if we are not able to receive communion in a year? It's true. It is an obligation because it is morally impossible that you have not sinned. And so we are to confess also once a year and then be prepared to receive communion on a year. So, this is a commandment. This is a commandment which we must obey. Because remember, Jesus said, He who eats my flesh and drinks my body, my blood, remains in me and I in him. He, we have eternal life already when we receive Holy Communion. So that should be borne in mind. That it is what we eat that we become. We eat and we are what we eat. If we eat more often Jesus Christ, more sooner or later, we become like him. Next. Good morning, Mons. Good morning. During Sundays... Sometimes we attend Mass more than once. How many times are we allowed to receive Holy Communion? Usually, it's the Eucharistic ministers who ask this question because they serve two or three Masses a day, a Sunday. The ruling is you can receive Holy Communion for the second time as long as you attend the second Mass from the beginning to the end. In other words, it is not proper to receive Communion twice if you just come out at the time of Communion. If you want to receive Holy Communion for the second time, you must attend that second Mass from the beginning to the end. If you are therefore a Eucharistic minister that has served the first Mass and, are, and you are taking breakfast, you must come down if you want to serve second Mass and receive Holy Communion in that second Mass. At least twice. There was one lay minister said, Onya, Monsignor, the third mass, did na receive Holy Communion. I said, Pag third mass, you go home na, you go home na. Ayaghut dan tibok adlaw at mass. Go back to your family. So at least two communions, two masses on a Sunday. Nior, how do you compare and contrast actual communion in the church versus spiritual communion? Of course. Are both equal? Of course. Nowadays, when we are ordered to stay home and uh, we prefer to attend Mass online, replay without Holy Communion, we just content ourselves with spiritual communion. Of course, it's, there is a big difference. Nothing like literally eating the bread the host consecrated 
that has become the body and blood of Christ. But if not able to receive communion that way, then spiritual communion should come next. Are we committing a mortal sin for not being able to go to Mass since the pandemic? Although uh, we continue to attend Mass online, uh, but we are hesitant to attend Mass in the church due to the pandemic. Okay. Remember, huh? Remember. It's a church commandment that you attend Mass on Sundays and days of obligation. Now, remember that church laws, church commandments, do not oblige under grave inconvenience. For example, you are very sick, then there is no commandment for you to go to church. There is no commandment therefore to obey or disobey. So this pandemic has been considered a grave inconvenience for many of us. So the church actually does not anymore oblige us to go to church. But we are given now an alternative to going to church physically by attending mass live streamed, replayed, or online without receiving communion. That is, maayo na lang na. That's an alternative that we have. But I repeat, actually during this grave inconvenience of COVID-19, we are not obliged to go to Sunday Mass and Days of Obligation. But thank God we have an alternative, Mass Online. Next. What should be our attitude when we can only have spiritual communion? When? What should be our attitude when we can only have spiritual communion? That's right. When we satisfy our hunger for the bread of life by just saying the spiritual communion we should precisely keep that attitude of hungering for Christ when things will be normal when we can go out na to our parochial churches we should keep that hunger for him but in the meantime it's good enough that we have spiritual communion. Precisely before when we were obliged to fast from midnight and now it's only for one hour before communion, the meaning of that is that we should first fill our stomachs with the bread of life and therefore with empty stomach, when we go to church and receive communion, we actually are hungry for no other bread than the bread of life. Open mouth, open hand, makinpius pare. Anyways, nyor, naaba uberdos sigi kalawat? Naabay uberdos sigi kalawat? As we have said, I think the ruling, the ruling is only two communions, only two communions a day, as long as you attend the Mass, the whole Mass from beginning to end, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Na mga tao ang nagdahong nga, kung daghan silag kalawat, mas dako nga Jesus nga ilang nga kalawat. It's not true. Naasab mukalit og luhod inig communion. What can you see about this near? Thank you. I know that has happened to me also. Although the policy, the practice here in Cebu is standing, 
Yes, there are some souls who kneel, but I hope the feeling is not that I alone am good because I kneel. Look at the others, they do not kneel, they stand. And you become proud that way, as if you look at me, I am kneeling, you see. But no, follow the line, follow the policy. If it's standing, standing. Do not pretend to be different from others just because you feel more worthy to receive Holy Communion that way. Of course, we cannot refuse if someone, but I always say, okay, you have knelt down, you stand up, and then you receive Communion. I do not give Communion to those who kneel before me. Nior, I remember before, if maghatod lubong, Mataiming Sunday, ingnon ko sa mga oldies, simba o balik kay lahi kuno tong misa para sa patay. Is it, it true? No, it's not true. There is no such thing as dead mass. <laughs> there is only one mass, but then the intention is for the living or for the dead. That's why we have Mass for the dead, but the Mass for the dead on a Sunday is the, the Mass for the, the Sunday Mass, the Sunday or Day of Obligation. And if there are bodies to be blessed during that Mass, then the intention of the priest has been to precisely to pray for the souls of the dead. But there is no such thing as Mass for the dead now. There is only one mass, but the intention is for the dead. You cannot make that distinction between a living mass or dead mass or mass for the living or mass for the dead. Because the sacraments are always for the living. So the sacrament of mass is for the living. But we can have an intercessory prayer for the dead. Moons, if, if one wants to receive Holy Communion but has unconfessed sins, is she or he not allowed to receive Communion? Remember, huh? it's only mortal sin that you are conscious of that can prevent you from receiving Holy Communion. Then you may ask, what is a mortal sin? then you should have learned that from your catechism that any grave matter like not going to Mass on a Sunday making holy the Lord's Day not going to Mass of your own free will is a sin a mortal sin so you cannot receive Holy Communion when you go to that Mass when you had missed the last Sunday's Masses. That's why there has been a suggestion that when a priest, one priest is presiding over a Mass, there must be another priest inside the confessional to hear penitents confessing their sins. <laughs> but I say no. When it is Mass, the priest, all the priests should be saying Mass. If there is confession, there is a scheduled time for confession, etc., and for other sacraments. Can we go to church only to receive the Holy Eucharist after attending online Mass? Again? Can we go to church only to receive the Holy Eucharist after attending online Mass. That will be... Remember, you can receive communion any time. For example, the viaticum is given to a sick person who has not even attended Mass. You can receive Holy Communion, but if it is a, a Sunday when you are obliged to hear Mass, you must hear Mass from the beginning to the end. So if you have already attended Mass online, online without communion, 
you can go to church and receive communion after your mass online. After all, you are not obliged to go to mass anytime. Morning, Moons. In one parish in Manila, where I also attend the live streaming mass, mass the priest ready. said that you attend any online mass from, from the beginning to end. Then come to church, bed 10, 11 a.m. and receive Holy Communion. Then go home right away. They may have dispensation for this in Manila. Will this be applied here in, also in Cebu? Example, I attend an online mass early in the morning. Then later in the day, can I receive communion in church? I said yes. Even without attending the mass in church, Rambi? Yes. Yes. Look, we are attending mass online because we are privileged as an alternative to our attendance at mass in church. But we are not obliged, I repeat, under grave inconvenience to go to Mass. So, if you choose to hear Mass online, of your own free will, as an alternative, then you can go to communion anytime without attending any Mass in church. You can receive communion anytime, I repeat, but if you want, we are talking of Sunday Mass. If the Sunday Mass is required, then you must attend it from the beginning to the end to receive Holy Communion. But if after your Mass online in the morning, you go to church and receive communion anytime, okay lang. Is masturbation a mortal sin? Yes, if you look at it, from a moral standpoint because it is a selfish act and it is an act of greediness, they say. But any mortal sin prevents us from receiving Holy Communion worthily. Your napailain gisulti ang mga oldies. Adto daw ta simba sa misa ngadaghan pare. Like pontifical mass example, kay na the number of priests thou will equate to the number of times you receive Christ. I find it strange. Please enlighten. When there is a so-called concelebration of the mass, the concelebrants are precisely other priests, but there is only one presider over the Mass, and the concelebrants concelebrate with the presider. And so, if they themselves receive Holy Communion once, and want to receive Holy Communion in another Mass, they must. They must. If they have already done their obligation with the first Mass, they cannot receive Holy Communion without attending the Second Mass on a Sunday. Thank you for patiently answering our questions. A rejoinder, Mas daghan ba atong grasya in concelebrated Mass? Now, concelebrated Mass is only one Mass. Only one Mass. So the concelebrants make the celebration looking happy because we are many. But remember, <laughs> some priests during concelebrated mass go to sleep. But remember, when there is concelebrated mass, it's with the presider that you attend mass, not with the concelebrants who may be sleepy or sleeping in a while. Thanks, Mons, for today. Happy Pista of the Transfiguration of Christ.
That's true in Mount Thabor, on Mount Thabor. So, it's good for us to be here, to listen to the reading, reflecting, and realizing the Word of God. Thank you for the enlightenment. enlightenment. Only now, I understand nga usara atong grasya, inap na mansad. That's right. So, all masses are equal GDI. Yeah. So, whether it is pontifical mass, or concelebrated mass, etc., it's one and the same mass. If you have three priests on your funeral, huh, it doesn't mean that you have three masses. No, it just looks good that there are three of them saying mass. But the concelebrants are celebrating with the presider. And so I suggest if the concelebrants are celebrating with the presider, when the presider says, the Lord be with you, the priest also must also say that, the Lord be with you, and not amen, because that belongs to the congregation. We must therefore celebrate with the presider. Thanks you so much, Monsignor. Thanks all. So the Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Goodbye. See you next Friday. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's Word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Guillen signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Guillen, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time, 